Amen. Let's just dive into God's Word and see what He's got. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You for this book, Lord, and just how it's changed my life. Lord, I thank You for saving my, Lord, my wretched soul. Lord, I just thank You for dying on the cross and saving sinners like me. And Father, I just, I can't thank You enough, Lord. I mean, I can't say enough, Lord, to, Lord, to give You the praise and honor, Lord, that You're worthy of today. And Lord, I pray You forgive me for that. Father, I just pray for this time, Lord, as we open up this bread of life, Lord, and break open this book, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts and minister in a way that you only can. And Lord, I pray for everybody here that's attended, Lord, that you just touch them in a way that only you can. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First book of First Samuel. First Samuel. We kind of went through this last time. Uh, we're not going to get all back into what we were talking about. <laughs> But we will mention it a little bit. I mean, First Samuel chapter, just because I went, I went through this again, and you know, you, you see some things, and I went through chapter six quite quick. And we went through that the emrods. We all know what the emrods are. We we're not going to talk about the emrods and the Philistines. Um, excuse me, um, Eli and Hophni and Phineas. They go out and they they bring the ark of the covenant out, and then uh, the Philistines take it. The Philistines take the ark in chapter number five, and they bring it to their god. Um, they bring it to their god Dagon over in Ashdod and they put it in their, in their church, so to speak. And then Dagon falls on his face and we learn that Dagon, he, Dagon, he was the, uh, god of the, the wheat harvest. And you, you read through there in the scriptures and Dagon and, and the words that pop out there are funny because it says they found him pretty much harvested. His head was cut off and he was there by the threshing floor, which are harvesting terms. <laughs> so they, God harvested their god, which is, a awesome pray, uh, play on words. It's just great. You know what I mean? Just always, this is, you're the wheat harvest. Well, let me show you who the real God is. I'm going to harvest your God just to let you know who I am. And in verse number six or chapter number six, these Philistines realize that they've messed up and they, they get this realization of, you know what? Our God isn't as powerful as their God. And what they do is they acknowledge the God of Israel. Can I just, that's a good step in the right direction, but it's not enough. I mean, just to acknowledge that, oh yeah, there's a God. Yeah. I mean, when we're going to go through that, that's a, everybody's without excuses. What the Bible teaches. We know there's a God. You mean everything out here is male and female, unless you think you're a virus or a parasite, right? So, it's pretty simple. And in chapter number 6 and verse number 1, it says the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. And they said, If you send it away, if you send away the ark of God of Israel, send it not empty, but by any wise return him, but in any wise return him a trespass offering, then you shall see him healed, and it shall be known unto you why his hand was not removed for you. So here they're acknowledging. They acknowledge, you know what, God is, you better, you better send something with him. Better send something to their God, because he's a little bit more powerful than our God. Better give him something to forgive you. You know, you stole something of his, now, now give it back plus something else. You know, this is a humbling and willing act. You know, it was also an acknowledge act. They're acknowledging it. In verse number six, it says, Wherefore then do ye harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts when he had wrought wonderfully among them? 
Did they not let the people go and they departed? I mean, here they're acknowledging all those from what happened over in Exodus. You know what? Don't, don't mess or try to fight with this God of the Egyptians like Pharaoh did. You know, the plagues that happened. Now we got plagues in our secret, in our secret places is what the Bible says. And you get these plagues of flies and the frogs and even the firstborn at Passover. I mean, the Red Sea and Pharaoh died and these guys all knew that. Dagon is harvested, the stump and the threshing floor. You know, and they acknowledge God's power. And then verse number nine, it says, and if they, if they, if, and see if it goeth by the way of his own coast of Beth Shemesh, then he hath done this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is, that it is not his hand that smote us and it was by chance that happened to us. So here's the third thing that they're going to recognize. So you know what? If, if those cows just go by the way of Beshemish, then we're going to know that this is from their God. You know what? And they acknowledge it. The cow's headed that way in verse number 12. And in verse number 13, it's just, we, we said it before, I mean, I've said it before, you know, it's just kind of funny. And it says, and, and they of Beshemish were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your God's day God, Dagon. He's the wheat harvest guy, the legendary inventor of the plow. Your land's been, you know, forsaken. You got boils in all over your private parts. And now you're getting over this land where the, the ark's supposed to be. And you go over and you see, oh, man, these guys are harvesting wheat. <laughs> wow, something's a little different over here. You know, it's pretty funny. God's got a sense of humor. I mean, you read this through and you study it out and you're like, man, that's funny. It really is. But... uh you know, the Philistines acknowledge the sovereignty of God. You know what? Three times. But there's no record of them ever accepting Him. In fact, we know by reading this through Scripture, it's quite the opposite. They're always fighting with them. They're always, you know, always at battle. David comes later after this. The next chapter we're going to read here in, in 1 Samuel's chapter 7, they're fighting with the Philistines. You know, acknowledgement precedes belief. And belief precedes faith. Acknowledge God is a step in the right direction. You know what? He exists. His attributes. But just mentally accepting Him, you know, that's not enough. Now, you're going to have to trust in Him with all your heart. True faith is a commitment. Committing unto unto the Lord. Not just saying, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, well, that guy. Walking off over here. Like they did. And sometimes other people can do too. And you get in here to a... You know, many people acknowledge that God is just... Yeah. Turn over to Romans chapter, Romans chapter number 1. We'll go through this.
Romans chapter 1, verse number 15, So as much as is in me, and, and I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and to also the Greek, for therein is righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. You know what that is? That's that God died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He rose again on the third day. Whosoever believeth in Him shall be saved. You know what? You confess that the Lord is God. Believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. I mean, that's what He he, he, he preached. Repentance towards God and faith in, towards Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was preaching. For the wrath of God, verse number 18, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which he may be known of God is manifested in them. For God who hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things, now here it is, for the invisible things of, of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood the things which are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You know what? You can look out there in this world and see God's creation. You, you can't deny it. I started seeing on some of the science stuff that they create. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, stuff I didn't even know existed. They got, they can use sound. Guys dropping water down like this, water and sound waves, and it will suspend these drops of water just right in the air through musical notes. And you're like, man, you start th- th- thinking about those verses and the, the angels sang, the star, when the stars, when the stars sang, and you go, wow. There's got to be a God. You're without excuse. I like it. I went through some of the comment sections just like, this is why evolution just doesn't quite make sense. Some of the comments, you know what I mean? I seen another one where this guy was on a steel plate and they're using electronic sounds. And uh, he puts this sand on a plate and he plays a tune and it goes into a pattern. And then he plays a different note, and it goes into a different... I'm talking like a perfect diamond here, diamond here, all symmetrical pattern. You're just like, how in the world does it even do that? Because there's a God that created this stuff. This stuff just didn't happen, big bang, boom, and all of a sudden, here we are, everything's male and female, man parts, woman parts. I mean, are you, are, you cannot be that ignorant. And the Bible says we're without excuse. People are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. You know what that says? That, that God just gave them up. He said, you know what you're going to do? You're going to do it. That's what it is. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. He gave them up. And it's sad that people just choose it like that. Gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, 
who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And you see that going on in the world today, all over. Just this all playing out. For this God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. We know what that's talking about. Homosexuality is is against nature. You don't see that out in nature. If you did, they would everything would die. It's a fact. It's it, it is what it is. It's a fact. Okay. You know what's funny is I, I used to say that for for a while that you know that's against nature. And then I looked up. I said, "Is there any animals that participate in homosexual activities?" And I looked it up. And you know what I found out? You know what animal does? Obviously, they can't produce because we know that's the way it works. You know what animal does? This is this is. And I'm telling you, God's got a sense of humor. You know what animal does? Sheep. <laughs> Dude. I'm telling you, man, if God ain't funny, you, you, you don't... <laughs> God's hilarious. Oh, you are like sheep gone astray. I mean, that's what the Lord said, amen? I mean, you just... I mean, sheep out there... You can't make this stuff up! You, you know, you, you can't. I mean... Man, God's funny. <laughs> you know? Let's just, just, just keep going. In verse number 27, and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women, burning their lust one toward another, men with men working which is, which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their heir which was meat. And even as they, and here it is, here it is, here it is. Here's the verse. 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Oh, I always believed there was a God out there, but you know what? I just don't want to retain Him in my knowledge. I don't want to retain Him. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. You know, it's not convenient. It's not. These places will teach it is, but it's not. It's not normal. It's not natural. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, Inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. I mean, man, the list just keeps going. Then you get to this one. Without understanding. Boy, if that ain't where we are. Covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, they which do, they, they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do them, but have the pleasure in that do them. You know what you know in the judgment. They know those things are wrong. You know there's going to be hell to pay. There's a heaven to gain. You call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. His Savior from hell. Amen. 
When we get in here, turn back over there to 1 Samuel chapter number 7. Get into this little, hopefully i got enough time to get to this because this is, this is really cool, for, especially for Easter, this passage. They're going to have themselves a little, little mini revival here. In 1 Samuel chapter number 7 and verse number 1 through 3, it says, And then the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadad in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass while the ark abode in Kirjath-Jerim that the time was long, <clears throat> for it was 20 years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange God and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve Him only, and He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. You know, at the last time, I mean, we went through a whole bunch here. I mean, the, the last time you hear, have heard of Samuel in this, I mean, he was a little boy. In chapter number 3. Right, we went through all that. I mean, he heard the Lord, and then the next verse in chapter number in chapter number four says, "And the word of Samuel came to all Israel." That's it. And then you're going to find out Eli dies, Hophni and Phineas are dead, and they're slain. And now Samuel is just put into this position of leadership. He's just there. Samuel's the leader. He's he's replaced Eli as the judge and prophet. And the first thing Samuel's trying to do. Let's get these people to return to God with their heart. Amen. What a guy. You know, if you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods of Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve Him only. He will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. You know what? God still likes people seeking Him with their whole heart. When you seek after the Lord with your whole heart, and that pleases God. Not just half-heartedly. Although he, he, he has answered me. Amen. But when you seek out of him with that whole heart, man, that, he likes that. Something about that heart. Turn over there to calling on him with your whole heart. You call upon the name of the Lord, confess with thy mouth, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Man, there's something about that heart. God likes it. He liked David, a man after God's own heart. You look at Jeremiah, turn over to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 29. Hold your place there in 1 Samuel. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse number 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye, then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. You know, he said this to them that were in captive. But you know what? That's still relevant today. I mean, you seek, you seek the Lord with all your heart and you start getting into this book. Amen. You might just go out. You might seek the Lord and go out there and out in this world and all of a sudden something happens. You go, man, 
There ain't no way that couldn't happen unless it was from the Lord. Man, it's happened to me. And we're get, everybody out there is going to be without excuse, so I know what's happened to them. I'll turn over there to the book Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55. Just some verses of encouragement. Isaiah chapter number 55. Verse number 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call, call ye upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and, and let him return unto the Lord and He will have mercy on him and to our God for He will abundantly pardon. And may God forgive you. You know, He's forgiven me every time. That Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I mean, I cling to that verse. I mean, I know He'll read these one too, that He will abundantly pardon. And I seek Him with my whole heart, and I'll be, He'll be found. And He'll want to talk with me. I'm just forsaken His way. Turn back over there to 1 Samuel chapter number 7. The first thing was return with all your heart. If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods. You've got to put away the strange gods and Asheroth. You think about that. Say, well, why are they strange? Why are they strange? Because they're not supposed to be theirs. You ever read over there in Proverbs? The strange woman... You know, my wife is not a strange woman to me. Amen? Your wife, if you're married in your day, is not a strange woman to you. When you go out and you start talking with another woman and she starts getting talking with you or something, you know what that is? That's a strange woman. You can read that over in Proverbs chapter number 7, Proverbs chapter number 9. You won't find her in Proverbs chapter 31, which is the wife I got. Amen. Praise God. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what? That woman ain't supposed to be yours unless it's your wife. You know, put away the strange God. That God's not supposed to be yours. You know what? Dagon, he's the, he's the God of wheat and of the plow. <laughs> what? <laughs> you mean he's not the God that created this whole earth? Nope. <laughs> well, that's strange. <laughs> it's just, it's strange. Why don't I worship that guy? You know that strange woman that says her mouth's a deep pit in Proverbs. You know, strange God, that'll be a deep pit too. You start falling after other things. Better just stay away from them. I think King Solomon said, the Bible says he loved many strange women. That was his downfall. You look over there, what's, I forget what. Anyhow, we'll just keep moving. I've even been on a job site. You know what these guys, these guys would be talking and 
talking about fornicating with women or they're happy, not happy with the girlfriend they got, you know what they'll say? They'll say, I'm going to go out this weekend. And this, this, is, this, is, this is what they say. They don't, and they don't, they're not even saved. They say, I'm going to go out this weekend. I'm going to get some strange. Yeah. Quoting, Mark, you've heard that, huh? Yeah. Quoting Scripture and don't even know it. Strange woman. Strange God. Falling after strange things. Put away the strange gods. Put away those things that just can't deliver you. A strange God. Strange God. He's made of, he's made of wood. Made of metal. Maybe even made of a rock. You know, I got this one. I almost brought it, but I didn't. I got this cast iron piggy bank. You know, old school cast iron piggy banks. And it's Uncle Sam. And you put money in his hand and, he t- and you push the little button and it goes down and he takes your money. Puts in the little thing. I mean, it's, it's great. It's funny, right? But that, you could put him up here and you're like, man, that's my God. What's he do? I said, you know what he does? You push this button and he takes your money. Put some money in here and push the button. He'll take your money. That's all. What's he doing? That's it. <laughs> you got some money? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all he does. But he sits on my shelf. What's he do? He, he just, he looks cool. <laughs> He's painted red, white, and blue. Got a little sack there to put all his money in. He's made out of cast iron. I, don't, I couldn't make it, you know. But he's made with man's hands. But he looks cool. <laughs> he ain't going to deliver you from nothing. <laughs> Unless you put a whole bunch of money in there and need it someday. <laughs> but God gave you that money to begin with anyway. Hey, man, I'll stop. <laughs> but he looks good. You know, he's voiceless. The only thing that thing makes is when you put a coin, it goes cha-ching. That's it. You know what Dagon does? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> He's a worthless God. Absolutely worthless. You know, the, the God that's worth is the one that created everything. Amen. Amen. The Creator. And Jehovah. Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the one that help you. Dagon, not so much. The God of creation, that, that's not strange. That makes sense. He's the one that created everything. He's the one that hung these stars up in there. Man, I've been wanting, I'll tell you what I've been wanting to do. I've been wanting to get away. I need to get out to like way far away. Cause you know, you get out and you get to see the stars. And the Bible says so much about those stars. And you know what blocks you from seeing the stars? Fake light. Man-made light. And you get out there, if you get somewhere out and we're out in the middle of nowhere where it's just darker than dark and you get up there at night and you can see all those stars, man, the stuff you can see, I've been wanting to do that. Just see what he, all that out there he's created. Now he was the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. God of Moses, God of Joshua, God of Samuel. You know what? He's my God. When He delivered me, He helped me. He'll listen to you. He'll pardon you. He'll forgive you. And He'll comfort you. You know what? 
little Uncle Sam, cha-ching, he can't do that. They can. There's no other God out there that can. And it says, and prepare your hearts. You know, you got to put away some things. If you do return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve Him only. You know, when you seek God with all your heart, you know, some things ought to fall away. Amen. I'll turn over there to Matthew chapter 6. Hold your place there. Hopefully we've got enough time to get through this. Matthew chapter 6. God just talking about what's in a person's heart. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number um, 19. It says, Lay not up yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. What's your heart fixed upon? Amen. What's in your house? You can go in somebody's house and see what their heart's fixed upon. My house, you're going to see a lot of antlers. <laughs> I got a lot of deer heads. You know why though? Because I mean, I've, it's been fixed upon. Yeah. You know what? Lord had to deal with me on that too. You know what? I mean, pastor's been out. This has been the time of year I like to go out and look for sheds. You say you like going out in the woods and looking for, as my dad calls it, dead animal parts that fall off of them. <laughs> you like you go out in the woods and like looking for those? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Might not be fun to you guys, but it's fun to me. And then the Lord started working on me a little bit. He says, "What well, do, do you really need to go out every single weekend?" I'm like, "Well, you know, if I, yeah." I said, if I wait till April, they're going to, the grass is going to be too high and I ain't going to be able to find them, Lord. And he says, I don't think so. I mean, you can talk to the Lord like that. Sure. Moses did. He knows what's in your heart. You might as well just tell him. You can't just hold it back because he's going, oh, you're going to hold that back? Then we're going to stop right here. Yeah. Amen. That's where we're going to stop until you give it to me. But he said, I said, you know what? I just, no, I guess I don't. I guess I don't. And I went out there the one day after we was out there with our kids and we just, I got to go a little bit of time after work. Went out there and looked on this property. Wanted to go out there and look on this property. Went out there and I was thinking, you know, we were always after this one buck. And uh, it had this one squiggle in its horn. And I was thinking, I said, man, I wonder if we could find that one's sheds. And literally the thought as it came into my mind, I says, man, what if we found his dead head and he was laying around? I said, well, I wonder if we could find, found his, if his dead head was just laying around. Bing, my phone rings. As that thought was in my head. 
Tabor calls me up. Dad, you ain't going to believe what I found. I said, did you find that one buckwheat after we had the squiggle antler? Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but he's not as big as I thought he was. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> as it happened. And there's a lot bigger story that goes into that. I, I don't have time to tell for sake of that. But I mean, just how the Lord worked that whole situation. I wish I did have time. But uh, you know what? The Lord let us have that. He said, man, why don't you just give this up? You don't need to go out of Let me just give you this. And it's a trophy. It's a trophy one. It's a trophy one. And I said, that was it. That was the last, that was the last time I went out. Besides, I would go out in Kansas a little bit. But Lord just said, you know what? Just let me have that, and I'll, I'll just give you something better. Where your treasure at there, your heart will be also. Ain't nothing wrong with going out looking for antlers. God ain't frowning on that. I mean, he created them. Lord, just let me find a few, please. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to give you this one too so the squirrels don't get it. Look at Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number... 33 says either make the tree good and his fruit good or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt for the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh a good man out of his good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. You know, what's what's coming out of your mouth? I mean, I'm guilty of that. Amen. Don't, don't be around me if I get behind somebody that doesn't know how to use a roundabout. I'm telling you. You're like, man, you're going to get in the pulpit late? I wish it wasn't so. But everybody else is a worse driver than me and got those roundabouts. And merging on the freeway. <laughs> you know? I mean, Lord, forgive me. Matthew chapter number 15. I kind of want to read this whole one. I don't think we're going to. I like how this plays out. This is like a lesson from the Lord. How it just plays out. It's actually really cool. Matthew chapter 15, verse number one. Then came Jesus. Then came. We're just talking about the heart. Amen. Talking about your heart. What's coming out of your heart? What's your heart being fixed upon? Then came to Jesus' scribes and Pharisees which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do these disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. 
But ye say, whoever shall say to his father or his mother, it is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. And honor not his his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I mean, that's the truth too. But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth out of the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. And this is kind of... Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were... Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? I mean, you're going up to Jesus and this is what you're saying. You're like, oh, here we go. (laughs) And he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They that be blind, they be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Aren't ye also yet without understanding? Man, you gotta love Peter though. Man, I, I've been, I've been called to Peter before. And I mean, you got, at least Peter's gonna stand up and be like, Man, I don't get it, Lord. Why don't you tell me? You know what I mean? He's always opening his mouth, but at least he's getting corrected. You know? At least he isn't sitting back there and just like, man, oh, I don't know, and just going without understanding. Right. You know, at least he's going to take it. I mean, got to love Peter. <laughs> Learn from Peter's. <laughs> and uh, he said, are ye also yet without understanding? Do ye, Verse 17, do not ye yet understand that whosoever entereth in it, the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out on the draught. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man for out of the heart proceed the evil thoughts murderers adulteries fornications thefts false witness blasphemies these are the things which defile a man but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man and you can almost see the lord like just man Having dirty hands and eating food ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, I see an old picture, an old mechanic. It's kind of funny. This was my, I mean, it was actually my dad. My dad was an airplane mechanic and, and he had grease all over his fingers. He's like, go wash your hands. And his hands, I mean, the fingerprints were black. Finger, grease underneath his fingernails and I just eat a hamburger just the way Albert was, you know. Didn't hurt him none. Anyhow, turn over Philippians. We'll close with this. Philippians chapter 4. I'm not going to have time to get. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know what? Don't worry about a bunch of stuff. 
And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And this goes, this next verse, it goes right into preparing your hearts. How are you going to do that? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. I tell you what, man, I started get, I get, I still get nervous getting up here and preaching. I do. My stomach just gets all raw. I mean, it fights me. You know what? I, I quote this verse, man. I just start thinking on God, thinking on these things. And you know what? It helps. It works. It always has. The Bible says, Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 23 says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. I like how Pastor John Wagner says, the the heart of the matter is always the matter of the heart. That's a good little saying. You know, it all boils down. I'm I'm just going to stop right there. I don't have time to get through all this. I I really wish I did. I kind of want to give the ending of this passage away, but we never really read it, so you don't know it. But it's pretty cool. Amen. So, uh, I mean, Brother Mike, you close in prayer?